0: He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble i will deliver you and bring you honor i will satisfy you with a full life and with all that i do for you for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation when you abide under the shadow of shaddai you are hidden in the strength of god most high He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide his arms of faithfulness shield keeping you from harm you will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you don't fear a thing Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the Lord has spoken to me because His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you, even in a time of disaster. and thousands being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back
1: Morning, and if you're watching us, we say hello to you today, too. And it's such a great day with God. It's always a good day, and we're so glad that you're here, ready to worship the Lord. Father, we come with expectancy this morning for the great things that you desire to do. And Lord, we just hook up with you and your kingdom, your will, and the Holy Ghost and your power. And Lord, we're so thankful that we have a God like you. We have a Father who loves us, Lord, and We trust in your love and we bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. leaves us, nor forsakes us. Hallelujah. Father, we are so glad that we get to experience you and know you through Jesus. It's such an honor and a joy because you are awesome. And we truly love you. And Father, we thank you that you speak to us. My love for you is everlasting, never-ending, strong. It covers a multitude of sins. It never fails. It never falters. It never loses its strength. This is the love that I have for you, says the Lord. I love you with this love. I give you this love. I show you this love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Well, you may have your seats. Glory to God. Happy Father's Day. You know, God is a partying God. He likes to celebrate. He plans days of feasts, not just one day. And uh, God is a joyful God. He's not someone who's stuck in the mud. He's not a grumpy old man. No, he's full of life. He is vibrant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to be back with you. Uh, Josiah and I, we went on a trip to Illinois. I helped out my uh, parents for some things. And yesterday I traveled 710 miles. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but it's good to be back. Amen. Well, you guys ready to speak the word? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. We can speak the word, the living word. Amen. So I want to invite you to make a confession of faith. God's, God's kingdom, kingdom operates on, on the principle, principle of seed time, time and, and harvest. harvest. Seeds are powerful tools that bring increase and produce harvest. God has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply. Our God is good to us, and his blessing causes the earth to yield its harvest for us. We purposely plant our seed
2: in good ground, and it grows, ripens, and we reap its return. We know the condition of our assets and pay close attention to our finances so that our family is well taken care of, and we are able to help others. We work in God's kingdom. We receive wages and gather fruit for
1: eternal life. We rejoice when we plant and when we reap.
2: Our seeds begin to increase greatly the moment they are planted.
3: We reap abundantly because we
2: sow generously. We cheerfully and freely give to God's work and kingdom. God God makes every favor and earthly blessing come to us, and
4: and we have have more than enough to do
2: what God wants and give to others. We are sowers, and the Lord gives us seed and meets our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. He multiplies our resources and increases our righteousness, so we are enriched in every way. We walk worthy of the Lord and please him in all things. We are fruitful, producing abundant harvests in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Our faith is strong, our insight is clear, and our love is strong for God's word. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victor Christian Fellowship,
1: we are inheriting God's promises
4: and experiencing
1: their
3: benefit. That's called a light, light year jump.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Amen.
3: Thank you. Good morning. God bless each one of you and your families. Okay, today we're doing announcements by numbers. And I am not the math teacher. Huh. But I counted how many announcements there are, and there's seven. So I figured. I'm going to tell you there's seven announcements. You can either count in your head or on your fingers, and then it will help you remember throughout the week what the seven announcements are. Okay, we got some participants in the background. They already got their hands up, and they are ready. I like that. Okay, number one, happy Father's Day. There is a gift and a snack for everyone after service in the cove. Number two, those who ordered spaghetti dinners, we have them prepared for you after service. You may pick them up in the back from our youth. And thank you for your participation. Number, where are we at back there? Are we at three? Three. Okay, number three, Air Force meets on Tuesday at 6 p.m., we started a new thing. It's awesome summer strategies. We've added 40 extra minutes to our Air Force and we the youth are teaching us skills that they have. So this is awesome. Now we're at number 4. Wednesday night refreshing at 6:30. Woohoo! Ah, oh, there you go. Good job. <laughs> okay, number 5. Barnabas is this Saturday at eight thirty. Woo, men, come for the Barnabas Men's Breakfast. Oh, number six, <laughs> the new Shopify store. Check it out. What ha- you go to the website, right? Go to the church website vcfpa.org and look at the shopify store you can shop from the convenience of your own home tell people who aren't in this area about it that they can shop at your very own church bookstore awesome and then number seven woo! seven is our projects we have a kitchen project and stage light project now this week we'll remember all seven praise the lord
1: Hallelujah. Well, our announcements are exciting. Yes. There are announcements that preach and edify you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well you' all having a good day? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Just want to tell you some things. Actually, um, go to 2 Corinthians chapter eight hallelujah I just want to read a portion of scripture it says moreover brethren starting with verse 1 2 Corinthians 8 1 moreover brethren we do note we do, we do you uh, to know the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How many know God bestows his grace yeah. on people and churches? Yeah. How that in a great trial of affliction. Does that sound like it's good times? A great trial of affliction. Notice, the abundance of their joy... And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. So these people were about to do something when times were bad and the situation didn't look good. It says, verse 3, For to their power I bear record, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves... Praying us uh, with much entreaty that we would receive a gift. How many know, you've got to be willing to give when you say, take this gift, take this gift, right? Okay? And take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did as we hoped, but first they gave their own selves to the Lord. All right, first they gave themselves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in diligence, uh, and, and in your love to us, so that you abound in this grace also. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion, the forwardness of others, and prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, for who? For us, right? For our sakes. He became poor, so that uh, through his poverty you might become what? Rich, amen? That, that deserves a good amen. He's talking about us. All right? And uh, so these people, they gave out of a, a time that was... This was the Macedonian churches, right? And uh, Paul, uh, he, he expounded on their giving. And let me just tell you what generosity is. Generosity is a lifestyle in which we share all that we have, all that we are, and all that we will ever become. As a demonstration of God's love and response to his grace. Generosity is a real and powerful witness to God's love. How many has benefited of God's love? Amen. Generosity flows from knowing that all we have or ever will become is not ours to possess, but it comes from God. And generosity results in the practically sharing with others what we've been given for the advancement of the kingdom and the glory of God. Amen. Say this with me. Say, I have a generous heart. I'm a generous person because I have a generous God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as you give this morning, you can give anytime during the service. If you're watching online, get in on it. Make an investment in God's kingdom. And you can do that through our website. And Father, it is my honor and privilege to pronounce the blessing of the Lord upon your people, upon your givers and their gifts, Lord. I thank you that you receive them in heaven and you bless them here on earth. With provision, prosperity, and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, kids and teachers, are you ready for the most dynamic, wonderful, awesome time called Kids' Life? Yeah. Kids have a great class. Be blessed. Glory to God. I felt it needed a little extra excitement this morning. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad that you're here this morning, and it is our great joy and honor to bring you the Word of God. You love the Word, amen? amen? But before we begin, I'll put a little smile on your face. And I was looking for some good dad jokes, but I didn't find any good ones. So I'm going to give you some bulletin bloopers. Okay. All right? Bulletin bloopers. Like these were. Misprints in the bulletin, okay? Uh, the pastor would appreciate if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday morning. I guess that's a misprint, huh? Should be griddles, right? Our youth basketball team is back in action on Wednesday at 8 p.m. in the recreation hall. Come and watch us kill Christ the King. <laughs> <laughs> the peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict. <laughs> That's funny. Next Thursday, there will be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> this uh, evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across from the church, bring, bring a blanket and come prepared to sin <laughs> instead of sing. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. The sermon this morning, Jesus walks on the water. The sermon tonight, searching for Jesus. <laughs> oh. Miss Charlene Mason sang... I will not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, The church will host an evening of fine dining, super entertainment, and gracious gracious hostility instead of hospitality. (laughs) Gracious hostility. Low self-esteem... Low self-esteem... Low self esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. And I'm going to talk to you this morning about understanding the ways of our Father. And uh, uh I think about a year ago, I wrote a book called Connecting with Your Heavenly Father. These are all ways that you can connect with the Heavenly Father that are uh, outlined in the in the Gospel of John. And uh, that's available to you. It'll kind of help you with this. But uh in John chapter 14, you know... People do, do wrong things because they don't understand the Father. People commit murder because they don't understand the Father. Right? People hurt other people because they don't understand the Father. You know, it is important for us to understand who the Father is. So that uh, we can practice who he is in our own lives. And Jesus came... ...to show us who the Father is. Yeah, he, he came to save the world, but you know what? We didn't know the Father. Why? Because we sinned, and our relationship with the Father was broken. But Jesus came, and he showed and demonstrated to us... ...what a relationship with the Father should be like, and, and how that should look like. And we're going to see, through the eyes of Jesus, how we can better understand the Father... And in John chapter 14, starting with verse 1, we're going to read uh, through uh, verse uh, 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. You know, that's a good phrase for today, right? There's a lot of things that are going on, but you determine whether or not your heart is troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Notice what he said. In my father's house are many mansions. How did Jesus know that? Cause he was there. He came from there. He saw the building projects that his father was doing. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, uh, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So God the Father is a property development manager and uh, Jesus is the contractor. And the Holy Spirit's the foreman. And, he's, and, and Jesus is building some, a mansion for you. Amen? Not a shack, but a mansion. Glory to God. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also, and where I go, the, uh, the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not where you go. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Notice this phrase, no man comes to the Father but by me. If you want to get to the Father, you got to go through Jesus. You can't, you can't get to know the Father or understand the Father apart from Jesus. You can't go through the Father through Allah. All right. All right. And, uh, verse seven, if you had known me, You would have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said unto him, have I been with you so long time? Have I been uh, so long time with you? And yet you have not known me, Philip. He that has seen the father... For he that has seen me has seen the Father, and now you say, then, show us the Father. If you See, Jesus was the perfect, exact representation of the Father. Everything he said, everything he did, it was demonstrating the Father to us. Verse 10, believe you not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The, wor- the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me the works that I do, shall he do also in greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father... May be glorified. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus came to give us access to the Father. Not only that, He came to show us who the Father really is. He came to demonstrate to us what it means to have a good, good Father. Hallelujah. And faith gives us access to the Father. When we have faith in Jesus, every believer has a place in the Father's house. Aren't you glad? If you're a believer, you have a place in the Father's house. Amen. Not only a place, but a mansion. You'll have your own address in the Father's house. God's got a big house. Amen. And the only way that we can see the Father is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way but one. The way that the Father is, it's exclusive The way to the Father is narrow. The way to the Father is only through Jesus. Hallelujah! And um, to know Jesus is to know the Father. Why? Perfect representation. He's the duplication of the Father. How did Jesus become the duplication? Because of their relationship. Jesus had a relationship with His Father, and He wants to show us how to have that same kind of relationship with the Father. Amen? Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in him. They share and abide in each other. Are you seeing some things about the Father? The Father opens himself up to the Son and to his children. And he says, you know, when God comes to you, he says, this is who I am. God is willing to show us who he really is. And believe me, there's so many facets to God. You know, because revelation is a progressive thing. It, it moves and you're going to see more about God today than you did years ago. Right. Because uh, and, and throughout history and throughout the Bible, God showed himself as the provider. God showed himself as El Shaddai. God showed himself as the most high God to, in different places. He said, I am the Jehovah. I'm the peace. Right. He showed Gideon that he was the peace of God. And at different times, God will show you who he is and that'll help you with what you're dealing with currently. Amen. You know, God is up to date. He's not out of date. God is the most technologically advanced person in the universe. Yeah, yeah. And he offers free Wi-Fi everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a simple access code, J-E-S-U-S. That'll get you to the Father's heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. That'll open you up to the Father. Jesus, Jesus and the Father shared and abided each other They were strongly connected, intertwined, and united. Who do you think wants to divide families? The devil and and the kingdom of darkness. He wants to divide families. God unites families. Amen. And we ought to be intertwined and united with God. And we can through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. It's amazing what Jesus did for us. And Jesus will not operate apart from the authority of his Father. He operates under the authority of his Father. He always brings honor to his Father. He always blesses his Father. Jesus didn't operate by feelings, emotions, experiences, or opinions. He only operated by the authority of his Father. Jesus's, because of Jesus' obedience and cooperation... His Father continually abides in him and does the work. And we can believe it and receive it by faith. You want the Father to work? He'll work for for anybody that has faith. Why? Faith pleases God. Without faith, the Bible says it is impossible for someone to please God. You've got to do it by faith. What does that mean? By the word. By the book. Amen? Amen? You've got to believe what he said, trust what he said, and receive what he said, and do it. Everybody say, do it. Jesus believed his Father and did works. And we can believe Jesus and do his works. You see how it works? Hallelujah. A proper and a right relationship with the Father produces greater things. Faith unlocks your greatness. Now, I want you to go to John chapter 5. We're going to spend the majority of our time here today as we discuss some things about the Father. Hallelujah. It's Father's Day, so we're talking about the Father. Let's go to John uh, chapter 5, verse 17. Verse 17, but Jesus answered them, my father works here too, and I work. Guess what? The father works and the son works. Amen? God's not opposed to work. He just doesn't want you to work for things that he has. We don't work for the things that God has. We believe for the things that God has. But because we have a relationship with God, we work for God. Right now, I'm working. I tell everybody, I work on Sundays. Amen? I'm working for God. What am I doing? I'm doing what he called me to do. I'm doing what he assigned me to do, and that is to preach the gospel. To help people, the people of Palmyra and all over the world, to help them find their treasure and inheritance in God's word. Hallelujah. So Jesus said... My father works and I work. Okay? Therefore, the Jews sought more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath. Oh, my goodness, he broke the Sabbath. No, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He can do anything he wants to on any given day. But he had also said that God was his father making himself equal with God. Well, he wasn't lying. God is his father. Amen? And because you have faith in Jesus, God is your father too. Hallelujah. We have a father. God has a family. He has children. Hallelujah. Okay? Jesus answered, verse 19, and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son that can do nothing of himself. How many of us think we can do everything on our own? Hmm? I can do it based on my strength, my experience, my knowledge. God is saying, you know what he does? He just sits in heaven with a big smile. Say, you go ahead, try it. Jesus said the son can do nothing of himself. In other words, Jesus is a lifelong dependent on his father. He depends on his father's wisdom, on his father's strength. On his father's power, on his father's goodness, on his father's grace. But what he sees the father do. How close do you have to be to someone to see what they're doing? You got to be close, right? Jesus was in constant communication and constant fellowship with his father. Before he made major decisions, Jesus would go and pray. Before he chose the disciples, he prayed all night. Before he went to villages, he would pray in the morning before everybody else woke up. Why? What was he doing? He was communicating with the Father. Him and his Father were having a discussion, and what he got from his Father prepared him to do what he was about to do. And guess what? It works the same way for us. Verse 20. For the father loves the son. Let me tell you something. God is a lavish lover. God loves you. He's not afraid to show it. He's not afraid to display it. And he's not afraid to say it. As a father, you've got to be a lover. Amen. And you've got to be bold to proclaim it, bold to do it, and bold to say it. The father loves the son and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you marvel. You know, John 3.35 says, The father loves the son and placed everything uh, in his hands. Who did God give the ability to judge the world to? He gave it to his son. Why? Because of the relationship that they had. The stronger relationship that you have with God, the greater things that you'll do. Amen. Hallelujah. When Jesus was baptized, God got on a loudspeaker and said publicly, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's my boy. That's my, you know, God says that about you. That's my boy. That's my girl. God is not too afraid. He's not afraid to express his feelings towards his son or towards his children. Amen. Amen. We have to be able to express our feelings. Amen. Listen, we're not to be led by our feelings, but we can express them. Right. God gave us our feelings. When you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, do something. Right? Show that you're happy. Hallelujah. You can't just say it. you got to live it. God said it and lived it. God meant it. Right? He also said it at the Mount of Transfiguration. When Jesus appeared in all of his glory before Peter, James, and John, once again, the cloud enveloped him. He said, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. I'm telling you, God was ecstatic about his son. He loved his son, and he loves every one of his children the same way, with the same love. Hallelujah. If you grew up in an environment where you weren't loved, let me tell you something. You can be loved by God. God loves you. We don't have to look to our natural examples of how to be the person that God wants us to be. All we got to do is look to Jesus, look to the Father. Did Jesus look to anybody else how to be a Savior? No, he looked to God. I do what he says, and I I say what he says. Right? He didn't look to anybody. Jesus didn't go to a university to study how to be a Savior. I'm studying Saviorology. He simply looked to the Father, and the Father told him why. The Father created him. He knew what he was supposed to be. He knew what he was supposed to do. And when you listen to the Father, you will be on track. God created you. God made you. So why don't you look to him for who you need to be? You don't need to look to anybody else. You don't need to look to your past. You don't need to look to your present. Just look to God. He's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, more than Walmart. Hallelujah. God acknowledged what he thought about his son publicly. Jesus knew he was loved. You know, when you know you're loved... Well, that puts a stride in your step. I'm loved. It it feels good. Do you know that you're loved? Say, I'm loved. Say, God loves me. me. He does. That's never going to change. You've got to walk in the confidence that God loves you. Jesus walked in the confidence of knowing that his father loved him. How did he know his father loved him? God told him and God did things for him. He made a choice. He showed action. Love is a choice. Love is action. Amen? So, Jesus knew when he was loved, and others knew that God loved Jesus. Jesus made sure that we we know the Father loves us. Remember when Nicodemus appeared to Jesus at night? Because he didn't want the other Pharisees to know that he was going to talk to Jesus. Where are you going? It's a secret mission. And, And Nicodemus said... We know that you come from God because of the works you do, because no other person could do the works unless God was with him. See, other people knew that God loved Jesus. Amen? Why? Because Jesus walked in that confidence of the love that he had from his father. Amen? See, a godly So God mentored Jesus. God trained Jesus. A godly father is a mentor, teacher, trainer, example, lover, and doer of God's will. A father should be a portrait of God. Get something from God and share it with others. What did God do? God loved the Son, and what did he do? He shared Him things with him. He shared with him. He shared information. He shared future. He shared everything with him. Amen. That's what we need to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A father does things and displays things. What a father does and says will be duplicated, whether good or bad. Amen. How many has experienced that? Right. When, 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 when we behave good, your behavior will be duplicated. When we behave bad, your behavior will be duplicated. Why? Someone is watching you. Amen? Jesus, how could he duplicate the Father? Because he saw what the Father did. He heard what the Father said. He was the perfect, exact representation of God on earth. Jesus was God in a flesh suit. Because Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. This is what the Father looks like, Philip. This is what the Father sounds like, Philip. Look around. We are all created in God's image and His likeness. Every one of us, look, look, just take a look. This is God. This is what God looks like. This is what God sounds like. And God is unique. Amen? We're not cutouts, we're, we're, not, we're not robots. God, we are created in His image, but we are unique individuals. And you need to celebrate your uniqueness. God is a creator. He didn't want cookies that all look the same and sound the same. He wants cookies that are soft and he wants cookies that are crunchy. He wants cookies with nuts and cookies without nuts. Right? He wants cookies with different flavor. Amen? And this is what God created. Glory to God, I'm just a cookie in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A father should love his family with God's love and show them everything. A father is an open book to his family. What a father does, shows, and says should increase the family to greater things and encounter new levels and grow. What did, what did God say? He will, because he loved Jesus, verse 20, he will show him greater works. Listen, your love ought to increase someone else. And because you're a father, it ought to increase your family. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus knew the Father's will. He knew the Father's heart. And he knew what he likes and what he doesn't like. How did Jesus get to know that? Because he spent time with his Father. Amen? They fellowshiped. They hung out together. They talked together. They communicated. Right? And in that, I mean... Consider this, at the age of 12, Jesus, where was he? He was hanging out at his father's house. And his, he was gone for three days from his parents. They didn't even know where he was, right? And, and Mary and Joseph came back. and they said, Jesus, what do you do? He said, didn't you know that I'd be about my father's business? Even at a young age, he had an inkling that he wanted to reproduce his father. You know, we need, we need fathers today. Amen. We need people who hear from God and share what they hear from God with others. That's a father. Hallelujah. You know, there, there are fathers in the natural. They, they have seed, right? But then there are fathers of influence. Did you know that Paul was a father to Timothy, not because that was his natural born son. It was his, it was his spiritual son. He called him a son. They had a spiritual relationship, a spiritual connection. He he traveled with Paul. Paul was his mentor, but Paul was a father to him. You don't have to be a natural father to be a father. Amen? Okay? God communicated affection, saying how pleased he was with Jesus, his son. Jesus showed affection to the father by imitating him, communicating with him, uh... And doing his will and pleasing him. Right? The father showed Jesus how to love. He showed him how to listen. He showed him how to live, how to work, how to honor, and how to do what was right. Jesus, he operated beyond natural strength. He had supernatural strength. The works that I do, they are the Father. Jesus, he flowed into supernatural power and he accomplished the will of his Father. Everything that Jesus did, every village he went to, every person he touched, every person he healed, every person he redeemed was because the Father wanted him to do it. Jesus did everything the Father wanted him to do. What does that mean for us? We got to do everything the Father wants us to do. How are you going to know what the Father wants to do? Fellowship with him. Hang out with him. Pray. Read his word. Study. Otherwise, you're not going to get to know the Father. You, it is our responsibility to know the Father. He knows you. But do we know him? We've got to know him like an, on an intimate, close level. Like a husband knows his wife. Jesus pleased the Father by doing his will, glorifying him and representing him on the earth. The Father and Son are not rivals. They're not in competition. We're not here to compete with each other. We're here to improve each other. The Father and the Son don't disagree. That's Jesus and God. They don't argue. But their family, their teammates, they're unified in harmony and they are one. They share a likeness, a closeness, and an unmatched intimacy. Jesus was never deterred From doing what his father wanted. Although he was given many opportunities. Well, if you're the son of God, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? No. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God or my father. Amen? See, God's a relational God. Everything that God did through Jesus Christ, he did it so that he could have a relationship with you. So that we can have a one on one relationship with God forever. That's what God did. That's the price that He paid through Jesus Christ. All right? Why? Because the relationship was broken. Um, Jesus introduced, brought, displayed, and demonstrated the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What does that mean? The Father healed, the Father helped, the Father blessed. Right? The father welcomed children. Bring the children to me. The disciples were saying no. Jesus said yes. Everything that Jesus did that was written in the book is a picture that we have. It's a portrait of our father. That's how, how Jesus treated people. How he, he, he helped the woman who was caught in adultery be restored. God's in the restoration business. Oh, and by the way, Jesus wept, did he not? Does the Bible say Jesus wept? So if someone ever told you that men shouldn't cry, they lied. Jesus wept. It's a show of weakness. No, it's not. It's a show of emotion. You know, people can cry when they're happy. They can cry when they're sad. You know, crying is just window cleaning. Mm -hmm. Right? The eyes are the window to your heart. It's just window cleaning. Sometimes our windows need to be cleaned. Are you crying? No, my windows are getting cleaned. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, here's the thing. Anyone who believes in Jesus can have the same relationship that Jesus had with his Father. We can have the same kind of relationship through faith in Jesus. I'm not talking to you about something that's not attainable. I'm not talking to you about something that's not doable. How do you want to relate to the Father? How do you want him to relate to you? Do you want God to say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased? Well, what does that mean? You're living by faith. Because that's what pleases the God. Amen? All right. Go on to verse 21. Look at verse 21. Look at this phrase, For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. That word quickens means to make alive. I want you to notice, Jesus did it just as the Father did it. Everybody say, just as. In other words, Jesus did it exactly like the Father would do it. He was the exact picture, the exact portrait of what the Father did. He duplicated his relationship on earth that he had with the Father. Jesus showed us how to love the Father and how to walk in his love. Just as the Father raised up the dead, even so the Son gives life. The Son gives life the same way the Father gives life. Verse 22, For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son. God was confident that Jesus could carry on the work. God was confident that what he had passed on to Jesus through relationship, Jesus was able to do. So I'm going to give you this responsibility. I'm not going to judge. I'm giving it to you. Did you know that fathers give things? Fathers give things. Oh, hallelujah. I could testify about what my father gave me this week. Huh. My goodness. Dad, I just want to say Happy Father's Day to you. Hallelujah. All right? Look at uh, verse 23. That all men... See, the reason that Jesus is going to judge is that all men honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father who sent him. When we don't treat Jesus good, we're not treating the Father good. When we don't listen to what Jesus says, we're not listening to what the Father says. Amen? I know this is kind of heavy, but that's okay. How many, I want to have a greater relationship with my Father. I'm not talking about my natural Father. I'm talking about my spiritual Father. I want to have the level of relationship that Jesus had because we can. He, he, did, he did it. He, he was showing us how, He was demonstrating it to us, He was putting it into practice so that we could see it, hear it, and experience it. Hallelujah. God imparts things to His Son and His sons. And by the way, we're all sons of God. Sons is a position that includes daughters. Amen? If you're in Christ, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, you're in a position. Amen? So God imparts things. He trusts his son, and he empowers his son to do what needs to be done. A well-trained son imitates the father. Our goal in life is to honor our heavenly father like Jesus does. That's our goal. Right? We're supposed to honor God like Jesus honors God. And we can. As the relationship between the father and son grows and develops, responsibility increases. How many want, what what happens when you produce fruit? What does God want when you start producing fruit? He wants more fruit. Right, we know that from John 15. If you're not producing fruit, let me just trim a little bit. Let me prune you so that you can produce more fruit. Why? Our Father is glorified with more. God is not glorified with less. God is glorified with more. So God is always for increase. He's always for growth. He's always for development. Amen? We're supposed to be increasing in our knowledge of God every day. Hallelujah. Okay? Are you with me? Through their close relationship, Jesus caught the heart and the desire of the Father. The only way you're going to catch someone's heart is by sharing yours with them. You know, God's not afraid of sharing his heart with you. But the question is, can we share our heart with him? You know, in a relationship, there's an exchange, right? We we give something, they give something, and it makes the whole better. And we got to be able to share our heart with God. That's why I love reading through the Psalms. You know, the the writers who wrote the Psalms, Moses wrote Psalms, David wrote Psalms, Korah wrote Psalms, Asaph wrote Psalms, a lot of people. David wrote a lot of them. He wasn't afraid to share his heart with God. Amen? Hey, God, I'm upset. These people are after me. But I love you. You're my rock. Amen? I'm just... But Jesus wasn't, I mean, David wasn't afraid to share his heart with God. If you're having a bad day, it's not a surprise to God. It's not a shock, oh my goodness, they're having a bad day. I didn't know. Of course God knew. You might see, but God is looking for genu- uh, genuineness. He's looking for sincerity. He's looking for reality. He wants people to be real. Amen? And and the most real we can be with is God. And those whom you love the most. Amen? I mean, God already knows it, so you might as well just be it. If you're mad, be mad. But you won't, be, you won't stay mad after talking with God. Why? Because he'll give you a solution. He'll make it better. But the question is, we take our anger and we just, we just let it steam like a pressure cooker. Right? We don't talk to God about it. We just let it boil within us. And pretty soon it reaches the boiling point. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, go to verse 25. John chapter 5, verse 25. For verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall hear and live. For as the Father has life in himself so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. You know, fathers are equippers. They equip us with advice, with help, with support, with encouragement. Amen? And God does the same thing. Hallelujah. God duplicated himself in Jesus. And he transferred to him his own substance and nature. Look at Luke one thirty five. This is when Mary was about to give birth, or she was about to conceive, I should say. Luke one thirty five says, The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For the reason, uh, the, whole, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. How did Jesus come about? God conceived him. God planted a seed in a womb to give him access to the earth. And he was a a holy child. He was the son of God. Amen. He is the son of God. He's not was. He is. Okay. Because he's eternal. So God duplicated himself. Mary said, how's this going to happen? I'm going to duplicate myself. I'm going to put my seed by my power, by my Holy Spirit. It's going to be in you. Okay. How does God conceive something in you? His power, his goodness comes on you. And it conceives something on the inside of you. And then you give birth to it. Amen. It, It could be a vision. It could be a plan for your life, a plan for your future. God puts a seed on the inside of you. And it begins to grow, it begins to develop, and you see it more and more, right? And then, how does it come to pass? It comes to pass with your words. Mary said, Let it be unto me. She gave God full permission to do it how she, he wanted to do it. How many know you, you got to give, God just doesn't do things on you, you got to cooperate with him. God does everything based on relationship. If you reject God, he's not going to make you love him. He'll still love you, but he's not going to make you love him. God doesn't force love. He offers it as an option. And he lets you choose as to whether or not you want to love him back. God loves you regardless, and he always will. But whether you love him, that's a different story. How do you, how do you, know, how do you know someone loves God? They do what he says. That's the greatest way you can show God that I love you by doing what he says. Amen. All right. Let's go to verse 30. Verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the father which has sent me. You know, we got to be seekers of God's will. God's will is His Word. God's will is His desire for you. And we have to seek God's will. Jesus was a seeker of His Father's will. Right? He did what God wanted Him to do. And we need to do what God wants us to do. Jesus showed us the importance of depending and relying and trusting in the Father. Was it a burden for Jesus to put all this trust in the Father? No, it was a blessing. That's how he he multiplied meals. That's how he raised the dead. That's how he walked on water. Why? He was trusting the Father to give him the strength and the power to do what he needed to do each and every day. We operate by the same power. Hallelujah. That's so exciting. Jesus did what he did and succeeded out of his relationship with the Father. It was his relationship with the Father that gave him the strength to face the cross. What did he do before facing the cross? He talked with his Father. He said, Lord, if this cup, Father, if this cup can pass from me, so be it, but not my will, yours be done. He was consec- he, he made up his mind right then and there, I'm gonna do what the Father wants me to do, irregardless. If it means being separated from Him for the first time in my life, I'm gonna do it. Why? Cause He, oh my goodness, He has complete trust in the Father. Everybody just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you just to picture yourself falling back and just letting the arms of the Father catch you. He will not, He will not let you slip. He, he, he can hold you up. He's a strong rock, amen? He's not going to let you fall. He won't let you be overwhelmed. Hallelujah. This is our Father that we're talking about. Let let the Father live through you. This is how we live the Christian life. We let God live through us. Jesus let the Father do his works. Saving, healing, touching. He let the the Father do the works through him. Right? Right? He was a vessel of God's love and relationship. And so you and I are. We're vessels. We can let God's love go through us. Hallelujah. God's put, God put his love in you to share with others, not to contain for yourself. God put his joy in you for others, not to be contained within yourself. God put his peace in you, not to just be contained with yourself. Why? Why? You're going to meet people who are in trouble. You're going to meet people who are in tough situations. They need what you got on the inside of you. They need the power that's in you. They need the wisdom that's in you. They need the strength that's in you. They need the direction that's in you. Who's going to give it to them? You are. Why? Because you're representing the Father. Every one of us, because we put faith in Jesus, we've been marked by God and we are His ambassadors. Say, I'm an ambassador. Of God. Think about that. You're an ambassador for God. You're representing a kingdom. You're representing a king. This earth is not your home. You've got somewhere else to go. But while you're here, you've got to make the greatest impact that you can on people's lives by communicating what the Father has given to you. Showing people what the Father has showed you. Telling the people what the Father has told you. Amen. Amen why we're understanding the heart of our the way of our father glory to god go to verse 36 verse 36 jesus said but i have a greater witness than that of john for the works which the father has given me to finish the same works that i do Bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. You know, God. a testimony is a sworn statement. Some other translations, instead of saying witnessing, they say God testifies. God testified to the validity of Jesus by doing his works through him. In other words, God's works were a signature of the Father. Think about that. The healings, that's Father's name on that. That's his signature. That's his works. Okay? God the Father gave Jesus works to finish, and he gave him an assignment. If God gave Jesus an assignment, what do you think you're going to have? An assignment. Did you know, if you haven't figured it out now, God treats you like he treats Jesus. God expects of you what he expected of Jesus. Amen? Amen? And God gave Jesus the very same works. The works of God reveal his nature and his character. Who he is, what he represents. Just Now this is just a question, don't raise your hand, but think about it, who are we representing every day? You know, the Bible says whether we eat or drink, who are we supposed to glorify? God, right? Even in the most simplest things, who do we represent when we do what we do or when we live the way we live? Who are we representing? Just food for thought. All right. God, God, the father and Jesus, they're not in competition. They're in cooperation. Amen. We need to cooperate with God. What does it mean to cooperate with God? It means to be yielded. It means to be open. It means to be receptive And it means to do what he wants us to do. Are you a yielded vessel? Sam, a yielded vessel. Jesus and the Father are one. Together they win. They succeed. They dominate. They subdue. They increase. They multiply. And they fill voids. What's going to happen when you cooperate with God? You're going to make a great impact wherever you are. When you live for God, it's going to change the dynamic of your family. When you live for God, it's going to change the atmosphere of your house. Amen? It's going to change the atmosphere of your neighborhood. It's going to change the atmosphere of where you work. Why? Because you're bringing God to work. Amen? You're bringing God to your home. Amen? How do you, you want to change things? we got to cooperate with God. I want to change things. Amen. How are we going to change our community? We're going to cooperate with God. We're going to come in here and we're going to worship God like nobody's business. We're going to hear his word and then we're going to go out there and practice it. We're going to go out there and show it and demonstrate it and do it. Amen. Everybody hold up your hands. Do you know that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you? Didn't say preachers, it says Believers. You've got the power within you to lay hands on the sick. God needs some hands laid on some sick people. People who've got the power. People who are cooperating with God. Amen. Amen. He needs some people to prophesy. He needs some people to function in the spiritual gifts. He needs some vessels who are filled with living water to release that water. Because there's a dry and desert land out there. And he has chosen us. Why? Because we're in relationship with him. Hallelujah. Together, we win with God. Glory to God. Let's go to verse 37. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. Yet you... You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. You have not had his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent, him you believe not. He was talking to religious people. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. He came to rekindle a relationship. He came to cooperate with a people and build a family and build a kingdom. You know, when you build a family, you're building a kingdom. God's a kingdom builder. Did you know that the kingdom of God is at hand? What does that mean? It's closer than you think. The kingdom of God is right here. The kingdom of God is in us. Did you know that you have a kingdom in you? God said he'll give you the keys of the kingdom. How many got your keys? You got the keys that the father gave you? Ways to live, ways to do, how to operate. Those are keys. Keys are authority. We've got the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen? We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the word of God. We've got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You guys are dynamic. God promised Jesus or God promoted Jesus. God proclaimed Jesus, God wrote about Jesus. You know, God writes about you too. Psalm 139, God's got a book about you. He's got a book about every one of us. What's being written in that book? What is God writing down about our relationship with him? What is he saying about us? Right? Hallelujah. God backed Jesus. Jesus was not on his own. Okay, you're done, son. You're, you're, you're gone. I'm just going to leave it up to you. No. God was in constant cooperation with Jesus from the moment he was born and walked this earth to the moment he went back to him uh, in heaven. There was never a time when God wasn't with Jesus operating, working, and moving in his life. And you know what? Same is true for you. From the moment you got born again and you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, you have had God with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never let you down. He is working, operating, and moving. And when we want to change things, okay, Father, what do I need to do to change? Amen? Go to God. He'll show you what to change. You change it. It's amazing what happens. When we do what God says, the results are incredible. How simple that is. If you're having family trouble, go to God. Say, God, what do I need to do to change this situation? You know, first of all, God may talk to you and say, well, let me, let me talk to you a little bit. Yeah. You know, we want to change other people, but we never think we need to change. <laughs> Amen? But how many know, when you talk to God, you'll be the first one to change. When God can change you, then he can change others. I got one amen on that. If you want to change others, you got to change you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus, 1 John 5, Now I'm not going to go there. Let's go to verse 43. John chapter 5, verse 43. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. It's amazing, when people come representing God, they're not received, but when they come representing the world, they're received. Jesus came in his Father's name. He says, how can you believe which receive honor from one another and seek not the honor that comes from God? Let me tell you something. If you're only seeking the world's honor, you're going to be empty-handed. You've got to seek the honor of God. Amen? Is my life honorable to God? Are my words honorable to God? What's going to happen in the end of life? We're going to be judged for every idle word that we spoke. Our idle words are going to be judged. What's an idle word? It's sitting there making noise, but it's not doing anything. You know, when you're idle.
3: You're
1: not going anywhere. You are just idle. What's going? On? I'm just idling. You know, a race car has never won a race for idling. Isn't that true? If a race car is just going to idle, they're not going to win. They got to get moving to cross that line, right? We got to be doers. We can't just be idlers. No man is an idler to himself. No, I'm just kidding. That's an island. Hallelujah. But are you seeing some things about God and his relationship with Jesus and Jesus' relationship with God? He came to show us the Father. This is how you relate to God. This is what you said. You know, Jesus was praying and his disciples heard him pray. And they said, teach us to pray. What was the first thing that he said? God our Father, hallowed be your name. The first thing that Jesus told us to pray is when you pray, you got to honor God. You got to honor the Father. You got to praise him. That was the first thing that he said. If you want to be a good prayer, this is how you pray. You start by honoring God. Amen? And guess what? We can't just honor God with words. Right, we got to have some action. Amen? But the way of the Father. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that Jesus said about the Father. I'm only touching on a little bit of it. Yeah. But Jesus had a lot of interaction with his Father. Go with me to John chapter 10 for a moment. John chapter 10. Look at verse 25. Jesus answered them and told them, he says, you, I told you and you believe not. You know, let me just say something about this. God doesn't have to prove to you what he said is true. What, when God says something, it is true because he's truth. So the only proof that God's going to give you is what he says. If you don't have confidence in what he says, you're not going to hear anything else that he says. You're not going to do anything else that he wants to do. If you don't have confidence in what God says, that is the problem right there. You've got to believe what he said. Because he said, I told you and you believe not. In other words, Jesus... Listen, God stands by his word. His word created this world. His word is powerful enough to hold the universe, but you don't want to believe it when he says it? You need more proof, right? Well, that's not enough proof for me. Really? It's holding up the universe. What more proof do you need? God's word is holding up this universe. It brought things into being that weren't, were, that weren't, weren't existing at the moment until he said But the minute he said they came into being, they took shape. And we want more evidence than what he said? Uh Uh-uh. God's not going to give you any more evidence than what he said. If you can't trust his word, you don't trust him. Because he and his word are one. All right, what else does he say? I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you are not my sheep. As I said unto you, listen, some people are just aren't his sheep. There's something else, but they're not his sheep because his sheep believe him. When the shepherd speaks, the sheep respond. Amen. Hallelujah. And look at verse 29. My father, which gave them me. My sheep and my works is greater than all. Is there anybody greater than God? Is there anything greater than God? He's the final authority on everything. Jesus said, my father is greater than all. Yeah. When you come up against a problem, you tell that problem, my, my father is greater than you. Yeah. When you come up against a hardship, my father is greater than you. When you come up against a sickness, my father is greater than you. Amen? Yeah. We got we to gotta employ the greatness of God. God is greater than all. He's above all. He's beyond all. My Father is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. That is the goal of Jesus, of what he came to do in redemption. He not only came to redeem us, he came to show us the Father. He came to show us what it means to have a relationship with the Father, to interact with the Father, to talk with the Father, to communicate with the Father, to live like the Father wants us to live, to do what the Father wants us to do. This is what I'm talking to you about today. This is what we have. God wants us to be like Jesus. And we can be. God wants you as healed as Jesus is. God wants you as rich as Jesus is. God wants you as joyful as Jesus is. God wants you as peaceful as Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. God wants you to have everything that Jesus has. He wants you to do what Jesus did. It is possible. He said it in His Word. He is not a man that He can lie. Are we going to do it? Are we going to be it? Are we going to be like Jesus? Are we going to let the Father? Oh, Father, have your way in me. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. The ways of the Father, they are attainable. You can understand the way, you can walk with your Father like Jesus walked with him, and he will show you things to come. He will lead God and direct you. He will order your steps. He will show you where the traps of the enemy are. He will show you where the pitfalls in life are so that you can avoid them. Hallelujah. He's a a solution maker over every problem. We got a solution maker. His name is God. He knows everything. He is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, our God, our Father. He is our Father. Because we have a relationship with Jesus, we have access to to God. We can do what He says. We can hear His voice. We can do His will. And we can become we will become greater for it. Because wherever God gets involved in, it increases, it grows, it develops, it explodes. Hallelujah. We gotta know our Father. You gotta know Him as a healer. If you're sick in your body today, you can know healing. If you need help, you can know Helper. If you need direction, you can know the guide. We have a guide who can show us how to live, he can show us how to overcome, he can show us how to change. Hallelujah. We have a love relationship with God. I love that. I love the song. Uh, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, oh what love between my God and I, there is a love that God has for us, he shares and lavishes his love with all of us now we gotta love him back we gotta love God back with all of our heart, all of our soul and all of our strength we gotta increase our love for God amen the father is here today he's here everyday but he's here today cause this is his day this is father's day and the father wants to touch you the father wants to bless you the father wants to help you the father wants to pull you up the father wants to set you on a rock he wants to dust you off and if necessary he'll carry you if you need something from the father today it's available to you you can come and get it you can come and receive it amen We gotta be like Jesus. Thousands of people show up for dinner. What do you do? You look to the Father. What do we have? Okay, give me what you have. I'm looking to the Father. Right? That's what he did. He looked, he raised his eyes up, and he said, Thank you, Father. And what happened? He began. From the time he said, thank you, Father, fish and bread began to multiply. Hallelujah. You need something multiplied in your life. Something's been decreasing. Something's been diminishing. Maybe it's strength. Maybe it's vitality. Let's turn it around today. The Father can turn it around. What do you need from the Father? He's got it all. You You come and get what you need today, right now, from the Father, in the name of Jesus.